When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant and the founder at Boldside. And today I want to know, are you making the most out of LinkedIn? Because LinkedIn is the platform that supercharges your career. It creates all these career opportunities for you now and in the future. It's so important. But so many people I talk to don't really know how to use it or they're not using it at all or they just totally cringe when it comes to LinkedIn. If you want to level up your LinkedIn game, I'm joined by two legends, Robbie Hicks and Lachlan Bradford, who host the podcast Funny Business. They're hilarious, but they're also freaking amazing when it comes to LinkedIn. They're super smart, really switched on and very down to earth. Rob and Locke share their LinkedIn tips, tricks, all their advice for how to create career opportunities and build your brand on LinkedIn. And also we have heaps of fun, a lot of vibes, a lot of energy. Enjoy the episode. Robbie and Locke, how are you? Oh, we're good now, shall we? Finally met in person. We were just saying off air, you know, we've been LinkedIn friends for a while now. We had your friend Glennie J on the pod uh, doing some amazing work at My Millennial Money. Um, yeah, and I've just been in contact since and been loving your stuff. We've just been complimenting each other off air a lot, haven't we? What a weird concept of being LinkedIn friends, though. Yeah. Is, that, is that weird for you? It is weird. I, okay, it's weird because... I think LinkedIn as a social media platform has such a bad rap considering I find it really cool. Like when I'm, I tell people like, oh yeah, I'm just posting on LinkedIn or whatever. And they're like, oh, you use LinkedIn. Like you must be pretty lame. <laughs> That's how I feel like people perceive it. But I'm like, no, no, LinkedIn is cool. Like I've got friends on LinkedIn, like you guys and a heap of people who I've now actually got the pleasure of meeting in real life. What do you guys think about LinkedIn? Uh, I was first introduced to LinkedIn properly when I got a job in tech recruitment and that's pretty much what you do. You, you live on LinkedIn and I didn't realise that lots of people didn't really like recruiters sliding into the inbox all the time just like peppering them. So I was like, that's probably like the part of the idea for the podcast was to like, I feel like I'm a good bloke. So it's like, I just want to catch up and genuinely interested in what you're doing. I'm new to tech. I'm new to all this sort of stuff. So I came in a little bit naive. So uh yeah, so I just try to think of a different way to use it rather than the typical like spammy seller, hey, look, I'm looking to do this, I'm looking to do that. Just like taking time to like build relationships and get to know people. So that's how I sort of done it. I yeah, don't know. For me, I think it's, it's weird because we've been using it now for a while. Like I think I got a job in a consulting maybe like 2014 and I, I realized that even then like it was important. Like I always thought a CV was important and then learning that your LinkedIn is just like a live CV. Like it's just the thing that's now evolved into a content platform where you have so much more opportunity than what it used to have. But again, if I look back to what it was, people didn't log in all the time. People would only log in and change their, up, uh, update their CV if they wanted or update their LinkedIn if they were looking for a new job or trying to get ready to move to a new job. It wasn't something that people used all the time. And I think what Locke and I have found, which I'm, I'm glad you're seeing the same, uh, the same thing, Shell, is like 
we've made so many real connections on LinkedIn, like real connections, like made that's new the friends. community, you know, that's, like that's that what is. we do. And like yeah. other social platforms don't, I, I think, and I think the difference is because it had come from that serious place of it felt like it was attached to your CV. You can't hide and bullshit on this platform because if you're inauthentic, it's going to come up. One of your ex employees or your someone who used to work with you, fuck, fuck them. Mm. They don't. Mm. That's not them. That's not who they are. Mm. So I think that authenticity really shines. If you can be that, that's why LinkedIn's cool. And you work HR, Shell. So you know, like if you're stalking people and you're looking for roles, you look at their Instagram, you look at their Facebook, you're looking at everything. Come on, you're doing your due diligence. So I like that. if you've got a good like LinkedIn platform, it's just an, another extension of you. So it's like it's just a cool way to show who you are and like. I re I'm someone who relies heavily on like soft skills, you know, so for me, I, I need that, you know, I'm not really that technical type, so I can't put out these case studies and go, look how amazing I am at this. So it's like, how do I showcase this, you know? I think it's such a good point. And I love even, Robbie, how you were saying that it's changed. It's not, lo it's no longer this CV thing that we just update. And I even think about that as some people ask uh, when they submit questions into our podcast, they're like, how do I subtly update my LinkedIn so my employer doesn't see it and then know that I'm looking for work? And I think LinkedIn is so much more than just this CV that we have. It's actually this way, like you both do so well, of I guess building your brand, building your personal brand, showing up with personality. But here's the thing that I find really challenging and it's probably been, maybe it's because I'm from HR and HR people are like notoriously corporate and boring. But I wonder, like, how do you actually show up on this platform with personality? Like, because you both do this so well. And I feel like when you read the stuff that you put out there, I feel like I know you. I feel like I connect with you as a person. And it's not corporate and it's not, like, boring. <laughs> how do you do that? Uh, one thing for me, or like a trick that I used early for me was, like, it's I, I see someone like Tommy Little on Instagram, yeah? And I'm like, he shows his personality really well. Like, he's very funny in a way he gets away with things that other yeah. people maybe couldn't get away with and I think that yeah. that's like pushing the boundaries a bit not something you should be saying to someone in the HR because you're not allowed to push the boundaries rules <laughs> yeah. and rules. but again I think yeah. that's the the personality of like doing content putting it out there you mentioned something before which I think is a good point of people seeing the platform if you want to build your personal brand or grow your own career is don't think of you need to update LinkedIn only when you're looking for a job and changing your experience. Think of it more like how can I build my network? How can I meet new interesting people and engage with stuff that's already going on in the community? Live in the messages. You know what I mean? If you're seeing people who are doing good stuff that you're vibing, like their stuff, like a lot of people think they're too cool for school and just post their stuff and expect everyone to like it. It's like, come on, you've got to show some love too. So even if you're not posting and you're not feeling that confident yet on what you really want to share, I just think it's important to live in the messages and support the people who are doing the cool stuff because when your time comes around, you're already in their sort of space. They know who you are. It's just setting yourself up for success. And I just think the whole point of LinkedIn is connection, yeah? So it's creating opportunities for yourself all the time. So it's you. So I see it like if you felt like you were stifled and you're working in this big corp, well, at least you can sort of just maybe showcase a little bit of yourself or that's you, you know what I mean? It's not the company. Well, one thing I'm keen to hear your thoughts on, on this shell is like, Building a personal brand and working for someone or working for a company is also a tricky thing that we get talk, uh, asked about a lot or have had examples where it has been a bit of a clash. And I think it is important now for people trying to attract the right type of talent to let people be themselves. So having like strict policies around like content guidelines, what you can and can't post. We always talk about if you trust them enough to hire them, then trust them enough to be an adult and live by whatever you're trying to do. And if they step outside the boundaries, yes, have a conversation or whatever he needs to do, but trust people that 
uh, it's one extra thing that I don't think people from trying to build their personal brand should have to worry about. Oh, I don't know if my company should let me post things like this. And all the best companies you see are just like they're vibing off that, you know, when their employees are like, I don't want to leave. I can be myself. It doesn't feel like I'm part of this machine, you know? Yeah, you don't want to feel like you're putting on this facade and I think so many people feel like that when it comes to LinkedIn that, you know, it's the I'm happy to announce I've been promoted and that's the extent of their communication on on LinkedIn. Whereas I think the thing of showing up with personality is so right, like it can feel challenging or feel like it conflicts maybe with your role internally. I Okay, I really don't like when employers say to their staff, you have to post about our business once a week or they give these guidelines. I just think, what is that? Like, that's weird. Like, you don't own that person's platform. And actually, the best way to, you know, represent your business's brand is actually employ great people who put out great content and then they can follow along and go, oh, cool, this person's also connected to that business. We like what they do. That business must be cool too because they've got great employees. 100%. Share articles in the, you know, it doesn't even have to be stuff that you, it's like encourage people to share what they're interested in. So if you really like design, follow a bunch of people on design and like just whatever you think is cool, post it and share it to your network because that is cool. Well, otherwise you're just sharing another spammy ad in the feed. Yeah. And then your page looks spammy. So I appreciate you telling me that you need to support the business, but you can fuck off a little bit. I don't want to spam people. That's a, that's, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but I, <laughs> you just I've dropped it a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone there. Now let's do it. So, okay. You know what? I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been like posting more on LinkedIn and getting amongst it, doing the things. And I have been thinking about this idea of when you start to build your brand and you start to show up on a platform like LinkedIn with personality, there's this vulnerability in that. Like there's actually a level of vulnerability to be brave, to have an edge or a point of difference. Have you both found that like, or am I just like this person? Who, and I do tend to err on the side of overanalyzing everything. So Am I alone in my vulnerability? No, well, a good example was when we first released the podcast, we swore in it and we had a couple of people say, I don't really like the swearing and stuff. And in my head, I'm like, oh, do we make it more accessible for everyone or do we just keep pushing down? We're going to be doing like 100 of these episodes in this year. So we need to be able to just not think about stuff and just roll with it. So it was like, and we found like if we make mistakes and we're the more vulnerable we are, it's the more connection that you have with people. Mm. And like, they really see it for like, oh, they're really opening themselves up. And the ones who judge, whatever, people are just going to, everyone judges, you know, like, so you just got to have, that's what I mean. Like the whole trying hard thing is like, it's putting yourself out there. It's like having the fear, like you're going head first into the fire kind of thing and just having a crack. I think sometimes that vulnerability thing with content you see on LinkedIn, which the stuff that gives you the ick versus stuff you actually connect with is when people are being vulnerable to try and, have a call to action to sell you at the end of the message versus so it's not really true vulnerability. It's like I'm trying to sell you something by making you feel sad and then trying to sell you when you're sad or sell you when you're happy. But mm. I think what we've had is because we've put so much content out, like we've done over 600 and something episodes of the Funny Business Podcast, when we do talk and we do share stuff, we I think we, we feel like a sense of responsibility to be honest and be as truthful as possible. And I think something that um, where Locke and I are a little bit different on this is you're happy to do on you say like other socials you'd post more in the past and you're happy like Mm. you don't mind posting stuff on socials whereas i'm actually more of a private dude in that stuff and like i didn't have facebook for a long time i don't really post on other instagram and the the idea of i'm torn with is he's a drug dealer (laughs) i'd like i'd like to post more i'd like to post more on linkedin too 
And then there's times where I'm like, well, I don't know why I'm being vulnerable. I don't always want to share stuff. So it's like finding the balance of when you do post, it works for you too. Like everyone says you have to post every single day, but I've actually pulled back a bit now when I do post or have something, it's more meaningful stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. And I think the pressure though you feel on any social media platform is like, what are people going to think? Like, what are people going to think about what I'm saying and what I'm putting out there? And even going back to that idea, lock of like try- the try hard thing, like mm. there's so much judgment that I think people experience or even if it's perceived judgment, like we think people are judging what we're putting out there. But we actually don't know what they think. Talk to me about this idea of like the try hard, like go tell us, because I heard you talk about this on your podcast and I was like, Amen. Resonating with you all well, the way. I feel like we all have, we all know them friends who have always like had stuff going and tried to start stuff and like, you know, like ever since like school and they've always got a new project, need your support on this and stuff. And it's like some people, I think that's the insecurity of like, oh, you know, I'm trying another thing or I'm doing another thing. The other one was a failure. The other one was a failure. But it's more like, no, it's that mindset of getting up and having a crack again. I think that was like the. I think that was like the birth of that mindset, you know. Maybe it's like tall poppy syndrome too. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. something that we've experienced and, and people we've talked to on the pod and people we've come across like a massive insecurity that follows people, it stops people from taking action is Australia has this weird tall poppy syndrome if someone's trying to break the rules a little bit and push the boundaries of what's expected or they're not doing a safe option that, well, what are they doing that for? Well, that'll never work or this like... Well, I would love what we've been trying to do is like talking about getting around people and building connection on LinkedIn. It's being other people's biggest supporter. How cool is it to see other people succeed and do cool shit? And for us, that's the best thing that's come of us starting a podcast and being on LinkedIn is we've been a part of a lot of people's journeys, whether that's played a part helping through different things or just watching from a distance or being their, their biggest number one advocate and fan. Like it's so cool to see other people make stuff happen when you saw them 12 months ago at one point and 12 months later, they're doing something crazy. You're like, yeah. I know how hard that would have been to make that happen and I'm stoked for you the same way we talk about all the time like the same way people look at I don't know athletes or sports people like oh it must be you must train so hard to get that result on the weekend like I think people should feel it's okay to feel proud of yourself if you have those moments in your career doing you other landed things. a like, deal or you got a team to a certain point where you said that was the goal or that achievement or even just like little little goals you know it's like so celebrate, every, every, be happy. Yeah. Like everything's got meaning. And I think that that's the part that some people miss. I love that so much. Like one of the roles we can play in someone else's career is to be that like cheer captain, the person like rallying behind the scenes, sending them the encouraging email or text or message. And we don't actually know the impact of those things. Like when we're doing that behind the scenes, and I've had people message me when I've like felt super self-conscious about something I'm doing. Like when we released the book, by the way, buy the book, sort your career out, make more money. Make it happen. <laughs> make it Do happen. It. Buy, it buy it now. now. Buy it now. Yeah, you buy it Just right pause now. and buy it now. <laughs> Do it, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know, like that fear of when you do something and you put yourself out there, you, re, you release like a body of work, which is like a book, or it could be actually you uh, – you, you post something on LinkedIn and you feel really nervous about it and you just go for it. And someone someone messages and says, hey, love what you're doing. That really resonates with me, blah. That can actually make someone's whole week. Like it can be such a highlight moment because we don't often get positive feedback. We get a lot of like we, we're often on our own like internal narrative of like self-criticism and all the things we want to fix about ourselves. But 
being that person in someone's world, I just reckon it's so important and it's just such a like good thing to be doing. Are you both kind of in that same boat? How do, how do you guys both do that in your own oh, business? This is funny because something that Locke talks about a lot, which I, I think it's a, it's a really cool approach to take, whether you can take, take of this what you will, is that no one actually cares. So no one actually cares about you or what you're doing and that's in the nicest way possible. If everyone's trying to make their little bit of noise and if you don't put the pressure on yourself that this post doesn't have 10 likes, I'm, I'm not great at being a marketer. <laughs> you know, like that, that pressure attached because at the end of the day, you care a lot about that particular post but there's a million other posts going out and they'll go on in 24 hours and then no one will remember anything that's going on anyway. Yeah. So but what the, to flip it back to what you're saying, Shell, is like, but when someone does notice and takes the time to send you a message and says good stuff, how good is that? You know? We changed our whole business because of that, really. It went from like a selfish endeavor of like, how can we make something of our career to getting feedback of like, oh, this podcast and this, like, and we were like, this is crazy. Like we need to do something for other people. And then you feel good doing that. So it feels selfish. So we still get that hit of like, isn't true. You get yeah. The, I don't know. Like it does feel hit or that. The love hit if you help people. Yeah. Do you know what? It's called the help is high. Like it's a, yeah. it's a neurological thing that happens. The help is high. So if you help someone in, and I reckon, honestly, you could almost turn it into like your own performance metric to be like, okay, once a week, I've got to do this thing because actually I benefit from it. Like the self. How high can we get, Shell? Is that, the, is that oh, what you're trying to ask us? How well, it's high overdose. Let's <laughs> over, and they go, actually, they're a bit too nice. It's a bit creepy. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a setup question. Yeah, they're it? a pest. What's going on? Yeah. How high can we get? Setup question. <laughs> okay, so speaking of creepy, side note, I'm like a big smiler. Like, and I've got these big teeth too, so it's like a thing. But like I had someone be like once... <laughs> Give me feedback to be like, you smile so much. It's kind of almost at the point of being creepy. And I was like, oh, okay, I've never had that feedback before, but I'll, I'll take it on board. I think like you could go, you could totally uh, go overboard with the positive feedback. But if it's genuine, like if you genuinely think someone's doing something good, tell them like how it's so worth doing. Well, you know, that's a, you, re, you don't really remember what people do for you. Remember how they make you feel, you know? So if, like if they reach out to you at a time when, you're not killing it, you know, or you might not be going through a good time, but you're saying, you know, well, I love what you've done before. You're probably going through some shit right now, but I can see you coming through the other side. Mm. That sort of stuff would stick with people, you know. Here if you need. Here if you need, whatever. You know, like things like that, like I think that's important. I'm like wing defence. Here if you need. Yeah, yeah, you know, hands out. Give me a high five if you want, <laughs> you know. Uh, I lo- love the sporting references. We need to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to know how you can use LinkedIn to create opportunities because you've both done this heaps in your own careers. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back in a sec. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money and our Spotify exclusive show, My Millennial Daily. 
But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So how does LinkedIn actually benefit people in their career? You want to kick it off, Law? I just think it's the whole thing. It's about connection. It's everything. So it's like you can message people, you can connect with people. I feel like it's not like Facebook where it's creepy to connect with people you may know. I see a lot of people say, don't spam people with connections and stuff. And yeah, that's right. Like think about your connections and stuff. Don't spam them with sales sales mm. messages, but like connect with people who you think are interesting. That's what it's there for. Like, don't be scared to do that, you know? I think when, back in 2020, we released like, we had, we released like a bit of an e-book, e-book explainer thing called Locks Guide to LinkedIn, which was like pretty much just like here are the things that we've learned from doing this. But the main reason which the platform exists, which I think is so important to bring it back to, is it's a platform to find connection for economic benefit. You know, it's still a, it's a business networking platform. So there's a fine balance between taking it as I'm going to go and try to extract value versus give value to people and build a proper like, how would you make friends in business? There's that fine balance. But the reason that it's, it's perfect to create, create opportunities because where else do you meet these people? You know what I mean? Like if you went to school with a bunch of people, like not everyone's interested in the same things. And if you are super passionate about your career or you're trying to find interesting people in business, it's not like they live down the street. Like right now- You can now, go door knocking, but the chances are slim. Well, even that? like, yeah. I, it's like, I find it's one of those, the best platform that people don't check all the time. So if you think you want to try and get access to certain people, it's like, like we said before, people have already feel it, like their LinkedIn is them. Like Instagram stuff, maybe if they're a big profile and trying to reach out to someone for some advice or something, they might have someone else who runs the account or they don't check their DMs or something. But LinkedIn, like it's an accessible platform. It's, in, it's encouraging people to reach out. It's built that way where they want you to try. You know, they want you to try and you get rewarded for trying. And even if you have, you say don't spam, but like yeah. your, your thing is like sometimes spam's okay. Because yeah, you can, like me- you can message co- heaps of people. Yeah, it's cool. Like if you put yourself out there and you just put out your vibe, like the way I talk, like I don't say you in emails, I say yeah a lot of the times. And I'm like, and that's just dumb stuff like that. And I'll have like an alien emoji with like a that peace sign thing. And like another good example who does cool stuff like that is like Lewis Hansen. Like after an email he sent, I think it was like Chris Jenner, cheersing with the champagne glass and, and all in all that is the personality you know in the in the comps well that's building brand building yeah. your personal brand. what does that actually mean how do you build a brand online it becomes the same as the way a brand, uh, any sort of company it's their different touch points so if you see every interaction that you're having with someone in the digital world as a moment to express something about you so for Locke, he changes his language and he might use some different emojis yeah. for me i've shared some stuff about my family and becoming a dad so i've like allowed people to see that part and again it's not everything because i think it's important to you can still curate what you want to share like the kardashians you can tell your version of the truth and hide what you want you know what i mean because <laughs> people can think they're getting everything but you're controlling the narrative that's not really you, secret to reality tv you yeah. invited the paparazzi down you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you told them what you're right yeah, yeah, said yeah. publish yeah, yeah, yeah i love it I, I think that's so good about i guess not being spammy but still reaching out to people still connecting people for most of us if you get you know i just really don't like 
the non-personal DMs, like the, the stock standard thing. And I think if you want to connect with people who you're inspired by, who you think, oh yeah, they're doing really cool stuff over there. I love what they're doing. I'd like to connect with them. Make the request and that message you send them really personal about them. Like, and don't make it about you. Hey, saw, you, saw one of your articles that you wrote on this. Loved your point on such and such. So Sig, must have been cool experience working at insert company name here. Consider me a new fan. Hey, love your work. <laughs> Nothing. Don't ask for anything. Just say hi, you know? Oh, Robbie, I love that. Don't ask for anything. Like, I just reckon, I think that's massive. Like, networking to me, like, I cringe so much at the term networking. It feels really unnatural. Like, what even is a network? It's not cool. You know, I'm going to a networking event. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to slowly die. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, no, I'm going to this sick event. Mixer. Call it a mixer. You know? (laughs) A mixer. A mixer sounds like, you know, kind of feels like really 90s, like a school disco or something. A little bit. (laughs) Keys in the bowl thing. (laughs) (laughs) So... I think I love how both of you describe it as connecting with people and connect, connection is just such a normal part of our everyday life. Whereas like networking is very weird and transactional to me, but I'm like, I, do, I connect with people every day. Like that's, that's what most humans do in some form or another. So if we think about LinkedIn as this tool to build relationships and to connect with just humans, I think it helps us to reframe it and get less awkward about it. A hundred percent. And if you're like, you're showing that you're passionate about sports or something like that, it makes it easy for someone to reach out to you and go, Hey, I know that you like sports. So if I mention a sports reference, that's how you want people to talk to you. So I feel like us having the pod, people feel like they can slide into the DMs and just say whatever. And that's cool. That's what we want. Yeah. You know? Some of the messages that feel free. Yeah. yeah. Like whatever, nothing like that's what we think's cool. So it's like, I don't know. It's like we don't have to try that much. And I think it just makes it easier. Once you put yourself out there like that, it's, it's almost like telling people how you want to be spoken to a little bit, you know, right. or what you're interested in. Yeah, so it's making it easy for people to make connection. So it's like the more stuff you put out there that you're interested in, the more chance someone can look at it and go, well, there's four things I can have in common with them. So I um, need to find connect. This I, I like that you said it's about um, people and humans. Shall Again, when we did that locks guide to LinkedIn, it was like finding meaningful connections with people or humans. Cause that's, you don't need, like you're trying to build your LinkedIn or build a network or however you want to call it. You don't need to think, I need a thousand people tomorrow. No, you just make connection after connection, one person at a time. Like each person, don't see them as not, each person's a human, they're different. So, and they might not be your jam. All good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they might like different stuff and you're like, cool. It's like nice speaking, knowing you. Thanks you know? so much. Yeah. See you later. Wait. Uh, that's a really good point, Look around uh, they might not be your people and I think the more you show up with personality on LinkedIn, like we're not so, like, like be you, you'll attract people that align with you. It's kind of like how businesses say, like attract your ideal client. For you as an employee, if you're listening right now, you haven't used LinkedIn very much and you want to build opportunities in your career. If you show up with personality, you're going to attract employers and recruiters who, who are better aligned. And then you go to an organisation, you've got strong values alignment rather than going and working in an environment that's just not right for you. Oh, 100%. And to make the recruiter's job easier, they know that you like sport, they know that you like this or music, they can go, oh, there's things that I can, that makes my job easier to sell you. So it's like, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought I'd make that point. I don't yeah. know where else I was going with that. I was hoping you'd chime in <laughs> just, like you normally do, huh? No, that's Come fine. on. Michelle, can you, can you ask it again? Whatever you want to know. <laughs> I forgot what he's talking about. <laughs> well, let, I actually have like a bazillion questions because 
I just think this whole space of LinkedIn is changing. It's changing so much. And what I love seeing now on LinkedIn is that instead of being, if you're in the job seeking mode, if you've actually worked for a year ahead of time on your LinkedIn, instead of being like, oh no, now I need a job. I'm going to have to actively look for jobs. If you've created your personal brand, if you've built your LinkedIn presence, you actually attract employers to you. So it kind of inverts the relationship instead of being like, oh, I now now need to go out and seek all these jobs. People actually know me, they see me. And then I get opportunities and I become kind of like, this sounds lame, but like an opportunity magnet. Like things come to me instead of me seeking them. Is that what you've found? Like, have you experienced that with your own business as well of like the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities come up? I think this is like, I'm not a deeply spiritual person, but I'm believing more and more in like energy. And I, I'm, so, I'm digging it. I'm loving it. And I, I, I truly, I truly believe that, you know, like people say, like I want to be something. And like, if you just start doing and putting yourself out there, the power of now, it's the power Robbie of now, hits. like whatever, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. it is that it's, I've been watching these videos and they talk about vibrations and frequencies and things that I'm in, I'm into it, you know, well, if you're miserable and you're putting out that energy, probably you're probably least likely to get good stuff. But if you're jolly and you can sort of make it happen, you can manufacture that confidence. But again, you know? if you, it's like, you're trying to put, make yourself find the right person. Say you're dating on your Tinder. It's like a Tinder profile. You know, like you're going to say something to try and attract a certain person the same way you're going to try and attract a partner. You're trying to attract a new friend. You're just, it's less sleazy. You know, like, mm. I think that's how you got to approach taking, I don't know, LinkedIn that way. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Attract it. It'll come. And well, that's kind of, that is what, what do they call it? The law of attraction. Like yeah. whatever you're putting out there, you will attract. And I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not like a person that's into like manifesting or anything, but I do believe in the law of attraction and, and I love, and you know what? I love when you find people that you've got energy alignment with. Like I feel like initially on this, like we haven't had a conversation before. We talked on LinkedIn, but like as soon as we get on this recording before we start rec- rolling, we're like, hey, where are you? We're all in. Like there's energy, there's vibe. I love when you find those people and I think the more personality you can use on your LinkedIn, the more you're going to have that, like you said, Ruby, like that attraction with people. I want to ask you on a tangent, you talked about this idea on Funny Business Podcast, link in the show notes, check it out. You talked about this idea of social selling. What is social selling and is social selling, or this is like a double whammy question, is social selling only for businesses or can employees use it? If you want to kick it off. I just think social selling is the brand. Like it's it's you not being pushy. It's you people trusting you as the person. So by doing all the things that we were talking about earlier, like sharing your personal stories and sharing all that sort of stuff, people do business with people. Mm. You, you know, so it's like that's everything. So I just think it's putting yourself out there and connecting with people. It's reputation, it's word yeah. of mouth. It's the same reason that those the old tradies that have never marketed in their life still get work. You know, it's yeah. it's that's social selling. That it's that concept on LinkedIn is where I think a lot of people if they're running businesses or they're working inside these things like we need to spend more on Facebook ads so we get more customers. Well, maybe you do or maybe you, you just... need to build trust with the existing ones and deepen that relationship so then they go they whip this around in a day. Who cares if they don't do Facebook marketing at the moment? I've hooked them up with. Yeah, and provide more value to the customers that you're trying to... Yeah. You want money from, you know, like (laughs) provide more value, do more stuff, be better in that that version of a community and the energy, don't worry, I'll manifest it back and it'll come back to you. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. And I think for 
anyone listening as an employee, the way I would apply that is like the employer is your customer and future employers are your future customer. So if you have that mindset of, am I delivering value right now in my current business? Am I building those relationships, building that equity? And do I have a strong brand that I'm proud of internally? Like focus there first and then build out from that. I've got a great example, which talks from an employee example. Like when I was working at a consultancy, I started doing some content, but this is before the pod and whatever. And we'd we done part of like ANZ's big agile ways of working transformation. I was lucky enough to be a coach with as part of driving this transformational change piece. And they rolled out uh, a big quarterly planning. So they had like 500 people, five countries, all trying to dial in and do this three day site at the Docklands. And for me, I was like, this is a cool experience. It's such a big scale versus what this was originally designed for. I filmed some footage of me talking just through the process. And yeah. this is back in maybe like 2017, You were asking people to like, can you film this of me talking like, to him? what's going on? Yeah. And I filmed some people who are there at the day. That's and yeah. in the few, I was like, there was You're no intention okay. of doing anything from that. And it went like, I had so many people message from other places. And then I then used that case study in the future when I was trying to get a job as the practice lead of, uh, uh, of Agile, uh, Property Exchange Australia, I used that case study and said, I've been trying to do this for ages. At the time, I didn't think it was important, but two years later, I can pull that out, like pulling something out of my portfolio and say, look what I was involved in. You can actually see, like you can almost feel like you're there, like going back and watch a doco of a music festival and you can say, oh, that's what that band was like when they played that day. You know, that's, that's how I see it. Yeah. I love that. And you're so ahead of the trend with like filming. Like now it's like such a normal thing, but back in what, 2017, that would have been like really out there. Oh, he loved it too. He loved the old selfie cam. He didn't take that off. I was did rocking I? a polo too and I was... You were looking pretty good. You are doing a few push-ups. Actually, no, you would get roly poly Oli. You were at Don Don's every day then, were you? I was having a few too many Japanese curries, <laughs> I think, at the time of that video, but no stress. Oh, I love it. I've got a few more questions. Okay, biggest LinkedIn cringes, like things that you're like, whatever you do, do not do this. I think people who take other people down. Yeah, I'm the same as Lockyer. We're on the same point. Yeah. It's, we're noticing a little bit at the moment where, like, it's something for them to talk about. It's almost to make people feel smart, but they're subtly putting other people down by making themselves feel smart. Like, mm. you know, like, I've seen, such and such is doing this. If you're not doing this, then, mm. you know, like, mm. whatever. Just talk about your thing. You know, like, that's my... That makes me cringe. Don't bully. Yeah, don't bully. Like, yeah. That's cringy. People, it's hard enough for people to put themselves out there. You don't need... It's almost... Yeah. I don't know if people realise they do it or not, but I think we're very, very conscious. Like we, especially this using this platform or doing content, like we want to make sure that if we're doing something with someone that they're getting, going to be shown in the best light possible too. Because if we're recording a pod or we're coming on a pod like this, we want to make sure we do a good job for you because we're grateful that we've got an opportunity to come on and talk. I think it's the same as when you represent your content or tag people and like it. Like people want to feel happy and positive, like be optimistic. I like that. Put that lens on, baby. Yeah, energy yeah. it up. Energy it up. Crystals on. Actually, shall just think of it and it'll happen, according to Rob. Just huh? manifest it. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever done any, like, work? Like, when I started my business, I did a heap of work on my business tone of voice. Have you guys ever done tone of voice exercises? Nah, no. I just think, like, the podcast was probably our tone of voice because it was finding, like, how we'd be. And, that like, the first couple of episodes, I was, like, editing out arms and all that type of stuff. And then I was, like... I think if something happened, I didn't have time to do it and I just posted it out there. I was like, you know what? Didn't get any bad feedback. This is a lot easier. 
and that's our tone of voice. We take you know? inspiration from, um, I don't know if you've seen oh, yeah. Action Bronson, who does like, he has a series called uh, Fuck That's Delicious on Vice, and he's now like, he's, he's got, he does a bunch of things. He's an artist, he's a rapper, he's whatever. Go and suss his stuff. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is the best way, but I don't yeah. like the word entrepreneur anyway. Oh, it's another, that's all right. another, another story for another day, but he released an album where he went in and recorded it one take, and we found out that he made an error in one of the things and he's, he's like, stuff it, I'll just keep rapping. And he released that album. So like for us, it's like- And someone, I like that lazy, fast mindset, you know? It's like Good. done not perfect is the best way to describe our tone of voice and what we've done is like, we want to be raw enough that it's not too polished that people can connect with. And I think if you take too long to get things out the door and think too much about it, you can try and make it too over pretty where- Pace helps with the tone of voice, I think. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, we're out. We, we post so much. There's so much content coming from what we're doing that it's easier just to, it's quick, you know? Yeah, and that, that authenticity comes so clearly through everything that you, you both do. And I love thinking about, for, for me, going through a tone of voice process was really helpful because I had to shake off, when I started my business, I had to shake off old school HR, which is very policy driven, boring, boring, compliance, risk, blah, heaps of jargon, right? And so for me, like working out, okay, well, who, who, how do I want to show up? Like as authentically me, like what is that, what is that tone that I want to put out there? And it really was a process of really coming back to, well, who, this sounds deep and it probably is, but like, who am I? Like who, who am I when I'm at my best? And like when I'm communicating well, the things that I do, I'm fun, I'm bold, I can be a bit cheeky, like all those things. So I had to understand, well, what's that? And then how do I make sure that, I'm showing up as that, not defaulting back to my old corporate, like, way of speaking and communicating. Have you found you've had to, like, shake off, especially, I know for you, Rob, like, coming from that agile space where there is a lot of technical jargon and corporate stuff. Yeah. Have you found that for yourself? I think it's almost in two, in, in two sides of it. I think Locke and I have almost been tarnished with a, we're a little bit out there on stuff. So like our, 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 this whole year for 2023 for us is about brand perception is yes, we can be fun, but we are serious in what we do. And like- We brush over some stuff where we just, it's like we see it, it as we, more entertainment, but it's like, no, we actually know our shit. Like, yeah, and it's, be, it's been like sometimes people, like even like us, when if you notice on our show, if the show talk comes about us, we're very quickly just deflect and make it a thing. But like even last year, like having a consulting company, we had like eight, eight staff and, and scaled that in the first like 12 months to crazy stuff that we didn't think that was going to happen. Like for us, people, a lot of people maybe didn't take us completely seriously and didn't realize that was what we were doing. So for us now, it's like you can be serious. And I think that because we've played around with that tone of voice and done so much content, there is a fine line and we're learning more around mm. like perception is reality. That's the truth about everything, whether you take it what you will. However, if you decide to go full out there. It's like clothes. Like, what do you wear on the best day? Like, what's your uniforms? I see things like a wrestler. So it's like an extension of like, what would you amp up of yourself? You know, what would you dial up to 10? So if you like the color purple, you'd have a fucking purple frock or whatever, you know, like <laughs> rock out, you know, but like, that's the way you like communicate to your friends. I think like little tricks, like how do you text your friends and how do you communicate to them? Cause that's why they like you, you know? So it's probably like, there's probably something in that. But yeah, 100%. It is a fine balance mm. though because I do think that it's, it would be a good exercise to do and, and realise mm. that once you've maybe, if you go too far either side, if you're someone who's happy to take more risks and do stuff, is there are repercussions of if you really go too far outside yeah. a tone of voice and people aren't going to... We were doing photos of our consulting company going like this, you know, yeah, like yeah. given the bird and stuff and like... Yeah. 
That's that's funny. Like I find that funny now. Yeah. But it worked. Like we did. We we got some crazy good clients to kick off, and like, but still, I think looking back, I probably wouldn't have given the bird. <laughs> you know. I think I think that comes down to finding the tension point. Like, how do you find the tension? And when we talk about like organizational values, for example, which are notoriously also boring, like honesty, integrity, respect. Like, if we want to think about our values or our tone of voice when we think about our brand, I think we find the point of tension between two things that often aren't seen together. So like seriously fun and seriously good at what you do. Like you can be both at the same time. And it's like, how do we get to that tension point in our communication where we do have an edge, we do have a point of difference, but we're also not undermining our own efforts. You're not a robot, you're not a corporate stiff. You know, I think that's so important. Like everyone just experienced COVID. Everyone was so, whether you like it or not, there's been some long lasting impacts of being cooped up for multiple years with the complete change in lifestyle. But if anyone in the workforce also got, if you're lucky enough to work a job that you could do remotely, got a different taste of freedom and trialed something new. And I think there's a lot of workplaces out there now that are going to struggle to get people to come back to anything that was old ways of working. And it's now like... How do we connect? How do you connect and make it like, uh, if I'm going to work there, people have woken up like, I don't want to be unhappy for 40 hours a week and just I can't be unconscious and do my job I still want to be myself at work I want to be conscious I want to make I want to be uh, Mm. committed and passionate about what I do I want to buy into what I want to I want to know what I do on a day-to-day fits into the bigger picture and where it fits into the goals and how I can make a difference because if I can't then it's a pretty miserable existence coming to work and punching out things with no clue on the priorities no clue why I'm here and I don't even can't even talk like myself. Put my hand up to go to the toilet. Bit depressed and you know your Didn't mental you have health. To put your health up? Yeah, yeah I went there. Yeah, I saw a light at the end of the tunnel. Though I was working at the Victorian Electoral Commission, I, and I was 21, and I had to put my hand up if I want to go to the toilet. That was crazy. <laughs> but I knew that, like, I just had to get through. You know? So he just pissed his pants. Yeah. <laughs> and then they fired me. No. Nah, nah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is hectic. And I, I, oh, okay, wow. Yeah, right. I'm just processing that for a sec. Cool. <laughs> It didn't actually happen. He's, jo- he's joking. joking. Yeah. He went to the bathroom. I, no, I'm processing you having to put your hand up and be like, I need to, yeah. I need to pee. Like, let me out. Let me out. Yeah. Good times. I'm glad COVID happened and hopefully no one, no one has to put their hand up to go to the bathroom anymore. Okay. One last thing, question, and then we're going to do a segment, Hot or Not, which I've adopted from you guys because it's glorious. Tell me about you starting Dream Big Social because this is like – online and I mean online do people still say online anymore it's on the line on, I think yeah on it's on the, the internet we put it on the internet it's on the google it's yeah, out the there web. the yeah. world wide web <laughs> so tell me about it because you're starting this thing and I'm like I need to know more but it's quite elusive at the moment I think for us like it's funny because we've always had the funny we always thought funny business is the funny business community and we've always explained it to like that to others when we've had events and we've done shows before whether they're live shows or remote or had a slack community where people talk we've always seen it as a community driven thing but when we're explaining it to other people about being involved in stuff, it's very hard for them to see funny business as as anything other than Locke and I, because we're the ones getting to do the podcast, we're the ones doing this thing. It's very hard for that to attach. So for us, the Dream Big Social Club is just a home for our community. It's going to be a pretty interesting thing. Like we've got a a few things that we're spinning up now of like people want to make friends as an adult, you know, like they want to connect with other people. They want to be able to network and not have it be called a networking event. They want to be able to come and feel comfortable that they can talk like the three of us at an event knowing that it's not going to be lame to go there. Like there's value in 
putting yourself out there. So for us, we know that there's been so many interesting businesses that have come into our community. And for us, the Dream Big Social Club is going to be set up to how do we best support the people that are in and around us doing cool things to help them chase their dreams and achieve cool things. So a mix of like investment, pitch nights, retreats, events, courses. Uh, what else we got? Oh, everything. There's going to be a bunch yeah, of different stuff yeah. that we're launching this year and it's all going to be around helping people do shit. And that so, was the thing. Like it t- started off as a selfish endeavor for us, like the podcast, let's start a pod and let's see what happens to now like this whole thing's about everyone else. And like that's where we get the most joy from. That's where we feel we can add the most value. So like we feel useful. And like yeah. in terms of for us, we feel very lucky that doing this podcast has opened a lot of doors yeah. for us that probably wouldn't, we didn't know if I look at the four years ago, you're pouring beers yeah. At the pub, you know, like picking up shit from the toilet on a Friday night, packed house. And um, putting your hand up to go to the bathroom. At work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I made sure that putting to. ourselves out there to do this has made has definitely changed our lives and we're like, how do we give make this accessible for other people? Because the digital economy is not new. We're not trained at school to figure out what the jobs are that are happening now and gonna happen the next little bit. We're trained for the jobs of yesterday, and I think that what we're experiencing, us me and Locke being 31, we're in that crossover generation between our parents didn't grow up with computers and the internet and people below us 100% grew up with only the internet and we lived in that crossover time. So I think what we're super passionate about is helping people see opportunities and realize what they can actually happen because right now in the world that we live in, if you're not happy with what you do and there's always other things that you, there's endless possibilities, even in trying times like this, if you really want to make something happen or you want to try and find stuff like just think about it and it'll happen. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> just try something. Yeah. You can try anything. You yeah. can build anything. It just, I think a lot of people don't want to think about what actually would truly make them happy. And they don't want to truly think about what they want to do and they're happy to stay safe and do whatever. But Living by someone else's decisions, you know, just like, like happy to go with the flow and like, oh, if that happens, that's good luck. I, you can put yourself in like good luck opportunities. And, like, and it's exa- like it doesn't matter where, where you, who you are, where you come from, like the barriers to entry now, like that's the best part. It is accessible because if, you're, if you can connect to the internet, you can do whatever. Helping people dream big, that's what it is. That's what it is. Helping people dream big. And I think the thing that really excites me about what you, what you both are doing is creating a community for people where you actually do get that encouragement and you do feel challenged to grow and, and sometimes we in our immediate kind of workplace or the environment that we're in we don't have those people around us that are going hey like you can do it go for it do the thing start the business like change jobs quit that toxic job or leave that narcissistic manager behind like it I, I just love the idea of creating this community. So how do people find out about it? Like where do people go if they want to know more? Uh, it's in the show notes to all our pods. So on LinkedIn, uh, it's got Dream Big Social Club coming soon and that'll link you to our LinkedIn page. We've also got uh, Instagram, which is in our bio. So you can. And just... if you're interested in joining, literally if we talk yeah. about LinkedIn this whole episode and you haven't signed up and created a profile yet, if you do, message Locke, tell him you're interested in joining, find his profile, Locke Bradford on LinkedIn, and he'll reply straight back. He'll give you a thumb and an alien because he's a bit different. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm just showing you, you know. And lots of yas instead of yous. I, yeah. um, awesome. Well, we'll put it in the show notes as well so you can check it out, click the link, get on LinkedIn. I want to see people posting and letting us know when they've posted messages and we'll like it, we'll comment, we'll be the cheer team because it's really important for your career and it's just a super cool way to create opportunities. So you guys do this episode weekly, hot or not. And I'm doing, I, I've got a couple of office edition, hot or not. Like is, I'm going to just hit you with it. 
And I really, I'm interested to know because I have really strong opinions on most of these things. So I'm keen to hear your thoughts. The first one is return to the office, hot or not? Well, it depends. If you like your job, then yeah. But if you don't like your job, you probably don't want to go back to the office. And I love my job at the moment. So I like, I love going to the office. I've, I've changed on this. I think it's hot. I think back to the office of in some way, f- shape or form for in real life, face-to-face human connection has real value. And if you're not Atlassian or the top companies that want to offer the pure remote, if you're not one of those companies, then don't think that you are and make everyone either fully remote or fully back to the office, like know where you're at. But um, <laughs> uh, oh. that sounds like that grinds your gears. Oh, it does. It pisses me off. This back, to, this back to work thing pisses me off so bad. Yeah. Why do, tell me more. Why does it piss you off? I think it's a very difficult to get people back into the office now. And I understand that's why, because like, we live in Torquay. I don't want to come back all the time, but... I think it's important to, there's been a big shift in the balance of what people think is okay and what they get. But again, if the output's not there and we're in trying times, the world's sort of very much changed over the last 12 months. And if people want to come back in and you want to do some, even it's like, I suggest like back to base days or make it meaningful to come back to work. Don't tell me to come back to work and just want me to sit there at my desk for five days when I can't now do my shopping on my lunch break. That pisses me off. But (laughs) if I can come back in for a meeting, like we've got workshops, we've got culture building exercises, we're doing our annual planning and yeah, come back and tell me why it's important for us to be there. And I think that's, that's the give or take balance. What do you think? Uh, I'm a not, I don't want to go to the office And I'll tell you why. It's exactly what you said, Rob. Like, I don't want to be forced to go into an office to sit and on Zoom meetings. Like, I just, I just, that idea, it just infuriates me to, to like endless levels. I think we definitely need human and in-person connection. So like my business is running in-person workshops. So like, I love having in-person connection with people. I just think it has to be for a purpose. Like there has to be purpose in it. Otherwise, if we just have this arbitrary rule, which heaps of places are, are implementing, you must return to the office 60% of your working week. I'm like, why? I think it'd be hard, like if you had a company of like 200 people and like some people get special, like that vibe, like I think that could be create a bit of friction too, couldn't it? Yeah. Because some people are like, hang on, how can you, but we don't trust you, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or if you're, you come back to the office if you're underperforming. Like, yeah, <laughs> all the ones who aren't making the money, you're in. Uh, <laughs> I want to watch you on the phone. But it's true. I think it's hard, though. I think yeah. this is a fine balance. Like, we're always on trying to be on the people's side here. Depends but what job you got, too. There's, I think there's a lot yeah. of people now where, because you, you're realising if you did the job remote, how much stuff actually got cut out of your job that you're not, you were doing when you were in the office and now you're not actually doing when you're at home. Like, that extra time you found back in your life, have you got it from, like, you're still getting paid for that? Like, I think there's those fine lines between what is acceptable what can people be asked to do now and like what the tolerance level of stuff is but i, I agree like there has to be a purpose now they can't it can't just be there's no so right. hot or not you're gonna say hot i said hot getting people back is yeah. hot because I, I value human connection nice i love it i love the debate discussion really healthy you know there's psychological safety here because we're having some good discussion okay next one pod coffee hot or not uh not for me i like filter coffee but like whatever <laughs> i'm happy to ha- have i like he's coffee. a try hard That's like <laughs> he's a try see hard. this is imposter syndrome this is the whole thing cut me down as soon as i say <laughs> i like something he just goes here yeah, bang so that's a he only drinks he only drinks filter coffee and it hasn't been brewed for oh whatever no but pod coffee 
if someone's got it and offering me a pod coffee and that's all they got, I'm down for that. I like Macona instant coffee. I like batch <laughs> coffee. I like cappuccinos. Cappuccinos. I just like buzz maybe, you know? I don't know. <laughs> okay, but, um, Rob. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of indifferent. I used to be a pod dude and now I've got an espresso machine at home and I like that. So yeah, nice. whatever. <laughs> so what? Give an opinion. That's I'm going to say pod coffee, whatever, not hot. Hey, not hot, 100% not hot, not into it at There's all. There's better options out there. There is better options. I'm with you though, Locke. I'm, I'm into filter coffee, all for it. See, there you go. Oh, sorry, you got offended. You offended two people. There you go. Make you feel good. Someone's going to call HR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you think of this show, hot or not? Locke did a post when we had our thing of him strangling me and he said, you can't call HR when you are HR. That was the post <laughs> on LinkedIn. And what was the response like? Oh, there was a few messages like, or oh, you know, but I was like, that encapsulates me perfectly. So whatever. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if they know your personal brand, they know that you're funny, you're making a joke. And also I think, okay, oh, HR, like, uh, okay, let's just do HR, hot or not, generally. I think, yeah. I think it's got a bad rep. Yeah. I think it's, got, it's, it's, it's HR feels like, you don't, people don't are scared to talk about it like that. And there's a bunch of other buzzwords that people use now to try and explain their HR function of businesses, whatever you want to call it. I think it's, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. I think it's a fantastic thing function. So I'm going to say hot. Yeah. I'm going to say hot too. <laughs> I, I feel think. like Rob, you just went around in a circle of going, nah, don't I like think it. It's don't hot, like but it. I think it needs, it needs help of change of the perception of what it is, but I think it's a super valuable function. So that's, it is round, <laughs> but it's, I'm, I'm there. I'm energying it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh, old school HR is not hot at all. Uh, it needs a glow up. It needs a rebrand. Next one. We had some banter on LinkedIn about this. Tuna at your desk, hot or not? I don't eat tuna, so I'd appreciate it if I couldn't smell it. And I don't. And it's like smelly fish, so not hot for me. I know it's healthy. <laughs> I'm glad that you, you know, you're feeding yourself some good stuff. That's amazing. But like maybe eat it in your car or go outside or <laughs> eat it in the privacy your of your car. <laughs> yeah, just eat your tuna in your car. Like, and don't leave the can of the tuna in the car once you're done too, because that's a bad idea. It smells. It's just, and I don't eat it, so I don't want to smell it. Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm gonna say tuna desk is hot because if you're hungry, you gotta eat. And I like tuna, so bad luck if you don't like. What it. about on the train? Have you ever eaten like tuna on the train or a potato? We're at the boat. We saw Curry. We were on the oh. V line coming down the other day yeah. from, from Torquay into Melbourne, and the guy was brushing his teeth and he had a full mouthful of like toothpaste. But he was thing and like, he had to hold it in his mouth for like 10 minutes. And me locking on, this guy's serious. He's still brushing him. I was like, that confidence level, like he's just like, I'm going to brush my teeth on the train today. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, so, like, so imagine what's going on in here. Feel that head. way about tuna, you know. If you want to eat that tuna, don't, don't worry about anyone else's things. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Oh, this is juicy. Work dating, inter-office, inter-team dating. Yeah. Could probably screw it up though, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like, definitely risk attached there's, to it. Yeah, there's risk attached to it, but like you got to risk it for love sometimes, I think. You know, <laughs> like if there is some sort of – if it's, it makes it easy, doesn't it? it? Just don't call it love every week if it's, <laughs> if, if it's different people. And there's a lot. But it makes for good reality TV, good content. You know, it could be like like the Kardashians, like you said before, office yeah. romance. And if you like – it depends on your age demographic. If you're young going out like recruiting, I feel like a lot of recruitment agencies have that young sort of go out, date each other sort of feel, like making a bit of cash, living that lifestyle. Like I think like that sort of attracts – those type of people to that. Love is, we're, we're, we love fans here. You yeah. know, we, You're so into whatever, it. You know, whatever. So, so, love's hard to find. So if you can find it at work, good on you.
Okay, so I'm getting it. Work dating hot until you break up, and then you might need to find a new job. Yeah, you'll grow. You know, you'll be a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> that's what life is, isn't it? It's about you'll getting grow. uncomfortable. Work's going to suck for a while, but that's the risk. Yeah, and if they're your boss, like that could be tough. Or if yeah. you're their boss, that could be tough. I suppose you just fire them, wouldn't you? All right, so that episode ended abruptly, but it kind of felt fitting, right? Like it was fun, it was good times, and then all of a sudden it cuts out. (laughs) We had internet problems and it just like totally cut out and ended really, really abruptly there. So sorry about that. We just cut out and then I couldn't get the tech to work. But anyway, good times. Rob and Locke. Go and look them up. Go connect with them on LinkedIn. Robbie Hicks, Lachlan Bradford. Let them know if you've enjoyed the podcast, please. Give them all the feedback. They're suckers for feedback, like me. They're very needy. Anyway, I shouldn't lump them into the same category as me with the emotional needs. But anyway, hey, thanks for hanging out. If you enjoyed the episode, as always, give us a five-star rating, review, share it with a friend, get on LinkedIn, do the things. See you later. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money, and our Spotify exclusive show, My Millennial Daily. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.